I just can't help it, folks. I get excited every time I hear that music because I know it's time for another episode of the Rec Poker Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Reed. Thanks for joining me today. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Website Amp and Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino. So I'm coming with you uh, today with a uh, Rec Room edition of the Rec Poker Podcast. We have a few different uh, Rec Poker Podcasts that we put out throughout the month. Once a month, one of our premium members gets together with a member of the Wrecking Crew to talk poker. And uh, this month, we're featuring Taylor Moss, who's having a conversation with Chris Jones. Uh, Taylor, you may recall, is the recently became the inaugural champion of Wreck Poker Marek Madness, our heads-up ladder bracket. So congratulations to you, Taylor, for that. And he's going to share some knowledge with Chris Jones, who he defeated in the championship, I, su- I should say, although this was recorded beforehand, so there's no bad blood in the booth uh, this week. Um, I think you'll get a lot out of this video, out of this audio podcast, but uh, we do release the video versions on the website for free. Just go to rec.poker and uh, check them out there, or you can go to the Rec Poker community YouTube page and see all our free videos there, uh, all the podcasts, um, some other fun stuff stuff that we put out and please do subscribe if you go to check that out um other than that i guess i'll just introduce uh taylor moss and chris jones for this uh behind the scenes look at taylor's coaching sample enjoy everyone hey how's it going taylor moss here um i put together this quick little uh coaching sample Uh, i sat down with chris jones or as you may know him five by five Uh, We just did a quick little database review, some hand histories, uh, talked over a few things. I took that, kind of spliced it up into a short little video to give everyone a little taste of how I approach poker coaching. Hope you enjoy. All right, Chris. um, So we're going to do a a quick session here. You sent me, it looks like 7,400 hands um, from tournaments. So this is stuff that you played on ACR, correct? Yeah, it's all ACR. It's been mostly june i think this is mostly june basically and uh had some pretty bad runs and some good runs so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to hear how we talk about all this okay all right um so i mean 74 hundred hands isn't like a huge sample size but we can start to uh see some trends that are going on um so just high level right away going through this um vpip pfr and raise first in as well as your three bet all are like almost exactly what you want it to be. Um, so you're doing essentially what I would say great there, uh, especially considering this all-in adjusted big blind per 100. Like, to be uh, straightforward with you, like, you're crushing. Like, this is excellent to see. Um, now, with 7,400 hands and playing tournaments, like, this doesn't always just directly relate to printing money. Uh, if you win right. one tournament, it makes up for it. Uh, but if you haven't won a tournament in this stretch, which is very likely, um, it may not be super high ROI. Right, right. A um, few other things that I like to look at right away. Uh, CBET flop, 70% of the time, uh, great number there. Uh, especially given your C bet C bet flop success, so seventy percent of the time you're C betting, and forty five percent of that you're just getting a fold right away. Uh, that is translating directly to that like win percent that you have. Uh, so that's doing great. Um, in terms of aggression, you get much less aggressive on the turn. Uh, it's, it's the same thing I do, unfortunately. I know. But 
this number should be a higher. So yeah. one of the first things I would say is we should, uh, whenever there's favorable turn cards, really consider that second barrel. And that's, I mean, it's really, it's good that you point that out because it's something that I feel, I, I have such a strong tendency to, um, when I have value, bet flop, check turn, bet river, um, because I don't have the nuts. And I, you know, I, there's all this, like, I think that's a really common line for players too. So um, I, I, I recognize that's something in my game and I really need to work on my turn play a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And um next thing after that is aggression frequency and that kind of translates to a lot of these pieces so uh your c-bet turn is a little bit low uh, which is going to drive down that aggression frequency um you'll see high stake players uh be at like 3.0 in terms of aggression Mm -hmm. factor uh so it's definitely things that we want to like go after um I'd like to see this higher from you because I, I know you can be more aggressive. I think this is one thing that if uh, we'll talk about one other piece in a little bit here, but start see betting that turn a little bit more. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be crazy amount, but slightly more. You're going to get that aggression factor up and it's going to start increasing that already high win rate a little bit more. Um, the other piece is this 1.03 that you have. It's in the big blind. Um, first off, big blind like you're crushing it you're only losing 6.33 like normal players is negative 100 but you are very very passive from the big blind yeah yeah Yeah. i and i I was actually i was talking to steve about this the other day it's like the the just the language of defending the big blind makes me like puts me in a mindset of oh i'm defending so i have to sort of get into the shell and defend this big blind rather than like i can't turn the tables and I, i'm not check raising enough i'm not um there's a lot of things i'm not doing and i think the big blind mm-hmm. it's, it's really interesting these are both things i've i've uh, been thinking about is like the big my big blind play and my turn play are both areas where i really i'm i'm not playing great yeah so and the two areas uh, from your big blind play that are going to benefit the most by being more aggressive is three betting more. This 6% three bet from the big blind is quite small. Uh, yeah. So I would task you to uh, do some like hand histories. And I'd do this if we were doing like a little bit longer of a session here, or if we did like another one after this, but like look at some big blind plays where the raise came from later position and we had that opportunity to three bet because that's going to be a great spot for you to start picking up this number. Just really take advantage of those um, essentially wide positional rages that your opponents are going to have. Yeah. And then part number two, I don't have the stat readily available in here, uh, but I did some kind of checking on my own is just check raising flops. Um, it, when we when we get heads up after defending our big blind, um, almost everyone and myself included does not check raise the flop enough mm-hmm. um and that's one an, another reason why this like aggression factor is just kind of low yep the other thing that i saw call river efficiency do you know what this is yeah basically means i'm a calling station on the river <laughs> <laughs> well you're a calling station and you're doing it really effectively right um so this is a ratio where if you're at 1.0, you are exactly making up enough money when you 
call on the river and are correct for every time that you call on the river and, and are incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, so being higher than 1.0, every time you call on the river, uh, you are ahead way more often than when you're behind. So this is a really tough number to like take and translate to an exact action plan of how to change things, but it can mean like a couple of things. One, it means that you are checking with better hands to try and induce bluffs, which is sometimes good, but sometimes you miss out on value um, instead of betting yourself. Two, it could mean that you're folding too much when you are actually ahead in those like thin spots. Um, so you may only be calling when you know that you're ahead. And then the other one, um, it, I think it relates too much to the first one, but it's essentially like you're not betting enough of your value hands, um, or raising enough of your value hands. Um, so it, it, I could, we could probably find a lot of examples of these, uh, and plus it's, it is a small sample size. Like we're we're talking seven thousand hands in tournament poker. Like how often of those seven thousand did we see a showdown? Is like a decent point to start at. Then how many of those did you call? Um, right. So it if this was you know one point five one point seven, I probably wouldn't be too concerned about it. But it being two point four even over the small sample makes me think that there's um, like some improvements that you could probably make there in terms of your river play. Yeah. All right. And then I had one more thing and I thought this is kind of the biggest piece that I found and I wanted to save it for last. But um, what the heck are you doing for middle position, Chris? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So you're you're like call it ten and a half win rate. You're adjusted big blind per hundred in the point where we have the biggest sample size is really low here for middle position. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, that's an. Inter- I, I have noticed too, like some of this, and I think what this is probably indicative of. I think of sort of middle position play is that I am leveling myself middle position. I mean, I actually don't know if this plays out, but mm-hmm. I think I'm leveling myself more. You'll also notice here that I am. Although that's maybe fair, but I'm 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 folding to three bets a lot less, and I think that what I'm th- thinking is, oh, they think I'm weak, so they're three betting me weak, so I'm going to call or I'm going to raise, and I think I get myself into trouble with marginal spots where I'm uh, getting involved in big pots where mm-hmm. I'm not uh, trusting the fact that people are playing maybe more honest than they, that I think they are when we get into that late possession position sort of leveling. Perfect. You you nailed it. That's exactly what the stats are saying. Like you're doing wrong. Um, So your raising percents by position are, you know, good. Um, Mm -hmm. If, if we go down this route and I was trying to be nitpicky, um, I think, 16 and a half for raise first in from EP is good. Middle position of 24.6, I think is too high. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to lower that a little bit. Cutoff yeah. is close to being good. I maybe would raise this up a little bit more. And then the button, I would also raise up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. one, you can probably go to like 50. This one, I 
think like 35 would be good. Like I said here, probably like 22-ish and then the 16 and a half is good. So you're not too far off in terms of middle position, but you're folding to three bets only 48% of the time. <laughs> um, and uh, I'll pull up some hands here, but like early position, you can have that much lower because you're t- playing a tighter range. Right. Um, I think if we had a bigger sample size from this and you kept these trends up, we would see uh, similar troubles if we tried to narrow in on early position when you face a three bet. Mm -hmm. Um, But typically you're just slightly more protected uh, because you have that better range. Here you're adding in those hands going from the 16 and a half to 24 and a half. um, And you're you're just not folding when people put aggression on you. Uh, Kings is fine. King seven suited. Raise three bet. This is just a really easy fold. Yeah, it should be. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> King queen jam. King queen offsuit versus jam. Should be folding this. Yep. Yeah. This is a pretty easy fold. Mm. All right, let's get this back up here. Two, and then jammed. I mean, I better be folding this too. Ugh. Uh, oh, this guy. Yeah, I know this guy. <laughs> he can do this so wide. I mean, I'm looking at this should be the same stats that you're seeing. This is really tight. Yeah. Like this is just a snap fold. This is one that I ran because I wanted to see what, like, what should you be calling with in this spot versus uh-huh. a, a twenty-five big blind spot. So if you're in this spot, you can you can change your cards, but you have to do the bottom of your range. Like, what what's the bottom that you're calling with? If I'm play, yeah, if I'm playing well or whatever uh, for a twenty-five big blind shove into my fifty big blind stack, boy, I better be nines is close uh i would say tens i'm calling ace yeah ace ace queen suited maybe ace jack suited is probably the bottom of what what i should be doing here what about king queen suited king queen suited i'm folding should be see if you stop and think you just crush what you should be doing right you 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 nailed that so close on to like what icmizer says you should be doing Hmm. but in this spot because you got into (laughs) this leveling war in your head you found a negative 1.3 big blind spot to to take yeah yeah yeah, I I I do not like getting three bet yeah. from uh, mm-hmm. middle position apparently. Yeah, um, I had flagged a few more in. I mean, we don't need to belittle the point, but no, that's good. Was it? Let's let's uh. <laughs> Here's oh this one. Is is the exact same a seven. And I thought I, I saw something twice, but you know, two big blinds, then this guy goes to seven point two. 
and it gets back to you. I mean, I probably, I didn't jam this, did I? Yeah. Oh, I mean, God. That, that's the worst option, right? <laughs> Calling is the second worst option and folding <laughs> is the best. Yeah. Uh, wh- which table? Let me see these table. Which table is this? Okay. Uh, this may have been, uh, this may have been a tilty, tilty moment. Yeah. And it, a lot of this is, you know, just cut that out. Uh, tilty moments uh, get affected the most when um, you've been three bet or there's been aggression against you, right? Right. So, like, all of a sudden, like, you're just, it maybe something happened before and now you open up here and then someone three bets you and you're just like, well, you jerk. It, and it, it brings out this bad side view. I mean, this is essentially the same spot as the, oh, I closed out of the ICMizer, but the same thing that we were looking at that other hand. Like, what should, what should you be calling this three bet with? And you get to probably slightly wider range in terms of just having to call the three bet instead of the jam, but really not that much wider. And I'm fairly, and this is something I also, on like the mental game side of things, I'm fairly certain, because I, I think I recognize this this table i'm fairly certain that bull garu um has a big stack because they called me in a ridiculous spot to get that big stack and like and got there right Mm -hmm. and then one of the things that that i think i'm very capable of is like well if they call me light then i should do the same to them because i need to get those chips back and i deserve it or some sort of like all those sort of like weird tilty emotions that yeah um pick better hands to do that with it doesn't always have to be just the first one that gets dealt back to you i would i would much rather you jam pocket fives here than a seven suited like and it's not even close like it from someone who doesn't play pocket fives like the way you do um like a hand like pocket fives i'd rather have um just because yeah yeah, so likely so, dominated with so easily you. dominated yeah there's so many bad things that can happen here the times mm-hmm. that you actually make your flush are so rare and that's really what you're hoping for if you get called on this jam the only that's like the only sure winner is a bunch of clubs so mm-hmm. right you're, like you're and even even if you decided to call this instead of jamming like what what describe a flop to me that like you're happy with and there really isn't and if that's seven seven yeah okay yeah right you go down the routes of like okay well it has to be either two sevens or an ace and a seven or two clubs where i kind of feel like i have some equity or even better Mm -hmm. three clubs like we just exhausted the entire list of potential flops that you feel good with right right and those are kind of bad things <laughs> when, when you can do that. And I completely agree. Another king queen, another raise. I'm probably still just giving this up, unfortunately. Yeah, and it it goes to like a lot of these hands that we're like seeing is you being forced to play out of position mm-hmm. and uh, getting into kind of crappy spots and. It seems like in total, like those are adding up to like kind of hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. And I think one of the things I need to, well, I think that all of these are, are clear opens, but I need to be more capable mm-hmm. of letting them go. Yeah. Um, very, 
very much agree. Oops, I didn't mean to do that. Um, like I said, this like PFR, VPIP, race first in that you have, like all seems well. Um, three bets, probably close to being right in terms of what that should be for middle position. It's just like this folding to three bet. Because if you think about it, like you're, you're leveling yourself into calling and mm -hmm. you're leveling yourself into playing out of position when you don't need to. Right, right, right. right. Like, position is a huge thing. Like, where are you making the most money from? Your button and cutoff because you mm -hmm. have position, because you can three bet people more. Um, I was going to show one more thing here quick, doing the same stuff that we were looking at before. So you, you did a two bet. You faced a three bet. And it was you in the hand. Like your win rate in this spot is negative 87. <laughs> like in general, it's going to be negative because um, people three bet you with a tight range and with good hands. And it's usually better than what your opening range is. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is just a very, very low number. Um, middle position, like you being only negative 20 is one of the better ones. Uh, <laughs> but at least it like shined the light on like what's going on. Right, 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 right. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, we could like, it's low sample size, you know, we're talking about 200 hands that you got three bet on, but yeah, I would, uh, you, you got to trust some people, Chris. I know. I know. I really do. I really do. And I, I've got to get I, the, the, the hands that I, 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 there's, I'm, I'm kind of addicted to the idea of, um, when I'm three bet and I have like a Jack 10 of diamonds or whatever, and it's just like, well, but, well, but you, may, you, you may have a strong hand now, but look at me, look at me after the flop. You know, there's like this, right. like, and and like I want them to have aces in that spot, you know. I like I want the the crushing whatever, and I I've got to I've got to just play more disciplined in those spots rather mm -hmm. than. Yeah, I mean, so we'll go back to the start. Um, you're winning ten point eight big blinds per hundred, and so you're crushing. Like you're doing so well in so many spots that your your EV spots that for normal person would be a small amount are that slightly higher, which means when you get into a spot that is such like slight EV or zero to slightly negative EV, when you take those spots, it really hurts your game because mm -hmm. you're doing so much better in other spots that when you take those spots, it's dragging you down. Yeah. And it kills, it kills your, your, your chips. I mean, you just saw all those chip stacks. I had some of those, I, in those spots, I had pretty decent chip stacks. I had, you know, 30, 40, 50 big blinds and yeah, you're just, you're, you're melting away chips. And all of those examples we saw, except for the ones where I was smashing the flop, I would call the three bet and then I would fold on the flop and I've yeah. given away, right. you know, a, a big chunk of my stack. So, yeah. okay, cool, cool. Well, I will, I will, I will pay attention to this now. <laughs> yeah. No, they like, again, like good stuff in here. I think there's just like a few things that if you did, uh, so try and be a little bit more aggressive from the big blind, mm -hmm. um, trust people a little bit more when they're three betting you. And then, um, 
I I would task yourself to try and figure out why your uh, river calling is so efficient uh, if you're potentially missing out on something there. Cool. Yeah, those are all really good. And part of which I I think I've identified myself, but I think that that middle position thing is something I need to think about even more. Because mm-hmm. I think I, I've been thinking about turn bets, river bets, and my big blind play. Uh, but I think I've been... <laughs> not as focused on the middle position stuff so yeah that's uh that's that's good stuff thank you for this yeah no problem let me know how how it turns out like if it if you uh if you think you're seeing improvements and stuff like that i'm always interested in uh, how stuff goes so thanks for joining me for this little peek behind the curtain at uh, Taylor Moss's coaching sample with Chris Jones. Um, it's great to see what you can do with Poker Tracker 4 and uh, just a little practice. A lot of the stuff you can do at home yourself, um, some self-study uh, is always a valuable choice, uh, no matter where you are in your evolution as a poker player. Um, if you do want to find out more about Taylor and the, his coaching and the way he thinks about poker, you can go to rec.poker slash Taylor Moss. And you can check out his uh, Wrecking Crew page there. All the Wrecking Crew members uh, have a Wrecking Crew page. You can learn more about Taylor. Uh, Chris Jones is rec.poker slash Chris Jones. Uh, you can go to rec.poker slash Jim Reed to find out about me. Or you can just email me, jim at rec.poker. And if you'd like to be uh, paired up with a member of the Wrecking Crew to talk poker next month, send me that email and we'll make it happen. But until then... I just want to shout out again, Website Amp, Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino, and to say thanks a lot to Taylor and Chris, and we'll see all y'all again sometime soon. Bye-bye.